Hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, we are just two weeks away from uh, a very big deal event in our circles called the Global Leadership Summit. And uh, it's been a few years since we've been able to experience this in person. And so just wanted to sit down with our good friend, one of the co-executive directors of the Global Leadership Network in Canada, uh, a buddy named Rob Warren, and talk about this today. So Rob, thanks for being here. Hey, great to be here with you, Jeff. Uh, around this time every year, uh, either myself and you or myself and uh, your lovely wife, Lois, have a little chat to uh, kind of pump the tires for the GLS at Southridge and uh, beyond, across Canada and beyond. And so I'm excited to do that. Glad that you uh, would sit down and, and carve out some time today. Uh, first things first, though, how are things going in your world? Hey, it's been a great summer. It's been a busy summer. Couple weddings this summer. I have uh, three I daughters. Yeah, three daughters, and two of them decided to get married within four weeks of each other. So tell us how those have been. They, they were they both <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah, they were. Uh, we have our, our girls are all Canadian, but they've met some boys in the U.S. and great young men. And so we had one wedding in Boston and another wedding in Virginia. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of a trek, but I can tell you, Jeff, it was a beautiful time to be with them and their community with their friends and, uh, just a celebration of, uh, the community that they've grown up in. And, um, yeah, it's been beautiful. What is it like to plan weddings from overseas in some sense or, you know, from another country Do you, or should I be asking Lois that question? Yeah. Um, yeah, you should ask Lois that question. You should ask the girls that question. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's planning weddings in and of itself is, uh, tricky, um, because you're working with so many moving parts. Uh, one of those is like trying to stay on budget. Um, but the girls did a fantastic job. They carried an exceptional weight in these weddings because we just weren't present with them. Um, but super happy to, um, you know, show up a week before and just carry all the loose ends. And, you know, dad just kind of put on his working clothes at that point and said, tell me what to do. And we just got it done for him. And it was, it was fantastic. You want to tell me what it's like to walk a daughter down the aisle? How's that feel? Yeah. One of these days you'll experience uh, the joy and the pain of it, but mostly joy, Uh, lots of tears, uh, even leading up to it um, just because of the, this is everything you pray for, for your kids, right? To find guys like this that are, that love Jesus and are going to serve our girls well and lead them well. And um, so there was lots of mixed emotions because I know my relationship with them changes a little, but to be honest, in the last couple of months, um, it has felt very natural and very normal, um, even still with our girls and uh, with these guys in our life. Nice to have a couple boys in the family. Hmm, very good. Must uh, must feel good. I know there were so many weddings and other social, you know, family functions that were restricted uh, because of the pandemic. And to be at the place that we are, where you could have, you know, in person, family wide, larger kind of celebrations, must have felt amazing. 
Well, yeah, you know, there's, it's been two years really since we've been together and I, we just thoroughly loved the fact that we were all dancing together. We were having big meals together. Um, it was amazing. And, and there's something, you know, Jeff, we know, we both know this, that there's something about the tangible touch of another human being that um, we have all missed over the last two years. And when we start to bring all of those people into the room at the same time, especially as it relates to family and friends, wow, it's something very special and very, um, very unique. Like I think these weddings were even more important for that purpose alone. We were, we were convening large groups of people together, some of which who had never had not convened together in two years. And we had just had the most amazing time together. So it was beautiful. And um, yeah, really, really thankful that we got to do that this spring and that the conditions allowed us to have these, these big gatherings. Hmm. Fantastic. Hey, uh, let's get down to business here and uh, talk about your world uh, in the Global Leadership Network Canada. You and your wife, Lois, have been leading this for a number of years now. And uh, Southridge has not only had uh, an opportunity to be a real core partner with you, but uh, personally, I've had a chance to work with you on the board, uh, kind of in in direct partnership with you guys. And so uh, just for our church members and other leaders uh, listening to our conversation today, Remind us, like, what is the Global Leadership Network Canada and, you know, what does it do? Kind of give us the, the, the vision and the operational skinny on it. Yeah, it's great. Well, we're a not-for-profit that connects people with other impact-oriented leaders across Canada. And we, our desire is to equip them with both practical leadership tools, but also to inspire them through catalytic events. So, You know, over the course of the year, our primary work is done with the Global Leadership Summit, uh, the two-day event that's coming up this August. Um, But we also, uh, we rebroadcast in Canada the Global Leadership Summit in October because we know in August, many people are out at cottages. So we we redo it in October. And then we do a couple of other events throughout the course of the year, a special edition in February, and two free one-hour sessions or or 90-minute sessions that we run both in May and November. So we spend our energy um, working towards building these catalytic events for Canadians because we know that we get to serve and inspire leaders, which when we serve and inspire leaders, we know that they are serving and inspiring teams of people. And so it's great for us to be able to, you know, invest our time into that, into that space uh, over the course of the year. So what would you say is the, the, the kind of primary impact of the ministry? you know, your target audience and the primary change you're looking to make? Our primary push is to, our primary focus is to catalyze leaders so that when they step into their space of leadership, that they are impacting those around them in powerful and impactful ways. And our goal would be, as we build into these leaders, that there would be a ripple effect for those people that they're serving, that would it'll not only affect their workplace, but it'll filter into their families, it'll filter into where they, um, you know, they serve in their communities, whether it's at local churches, whether it's their community centers, we, our desire is to affect them in a way that it just creates this ripple effect through a community. So it's not just about an individual. It's really about how the impact that that individual has within its community. And it's interesting. I'd, I'd want to kind of make the disclaimer because I've heard people before say, listen, why, why, why do ministries and even local churches uh, place such an emphasis on leadership 
when Jesus invites us into followership? Why don't we emphasize followership and, and not leadership? And I think we're assuming that the ministry of local churches is first and foremost to foster fully devoted followers of Jesus. And yet, when you look at churches, let alone businesses, let alone in education, healthcare, whatever, and you see, you know, whether it's mismanagement or poor culture or outright scandals or abuses and things, um, so much of the sun rises and sets on the condition of leadership in the fabric of our, of our society and even, or maybe especially in our churches. And so there is kind of an unapologetic focus on people who have multiplying impact in other people and systems and, and communities and unapologetically focusing on this, this leader type and this leader potential in people, wouldn't you say? Yeah, there's, there's two, you bring up two really important points. There, there's the character side and the character side is shaped by our followership of Jesus. And that's a place where we can always work. We are striving to grow in that space. You and I would be striving to grow in that space every single day. What does our followership look like and how can we, how can we follow more like Jesus led? But the other side of this is I've known a lot of great followers that actually have not done a great job at leading others in their place of work or even in their families because they just they're missing certain tools or they're missing certain they're missing a picture of what it could be like if they were to take a different approach to leading. And so I think having those two pieces together, just making sure that we're following strongly and in the Global Leadership Summit, we continue to encourage people in their followership, but we also then give them tools, give them inspiration and give them um, ways of thinking and ways of doing in the future that would reshape um, their impact and their influence and that ripple effect. Yeah, and you said earlier that you know the primary way that the ministry makes this contribution to leaders, at least here in Canada, is through what in a lot of ways is a year-round investment uh, through the Global Leadership Summit. This two-day event, you know, live simulcast in August, replayed in October, some special edition, special events uh, in some other pockets throughout the year. But I know recently the ministry has moved into more than just that. And uh, even most recently this past spring, uh, our local church ministry, the Leaders Village, uh, and myself in particular, partnered with you guys uh, to do a, a little bit of an experiment across our country outside of just the summit. Do you want to talk about this little experiment that we tried in a few different places? Yeah, it was uh, great, Jeff. We, you know, you, Lois, and I were able to connect with a little over 250 people across Canada this spring. And um, the goal of it was to invest specifically in church leaders. And so we leveraged uh, your book and the journey that you've had at Southridge as a catalytic conversation starter about the future of the church. And um, it was incredibly inspirational for everybody who came in. We got to, first of all, we got to convene again. We got to bring church leaders back into the room again. And it's been a long time since church leaders have been in a room together. And that was like, that was the first win in all of this. But I think the second thing that I was 
that just really uh, struck me as we sat in this room is that everybody's coming into this next season of leadership with a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. And um, you were able to help us start some conversations and help us build some common language about where we might go in the future. Where, where is God leading us? What is God showing us about the condition of the church today, about the impact of Christians in our communities? And what's he showing us about that? And then what are we going to do about that? And we started to have some conversations about that. And we didn't solve any big problems, but we started to build a, a vision for a hopeful future. And I think that that was really important for us to get in that room and spend a day together and uh, just you know, think about it, talk about it, you know, feel the pain together a little bit, but then also start to think about, oh, what could be and how could we do this differently? And uh, you did a great job in helping us uh, walk through that process over the course of the day. It really was interesting to get a sense for how wet the cement is among church leadership, especially teams, uh, talking about how they're viewing the future. You said it, it well, a lot more questions than answers. And uh, I guess my question, specific to, to Southridge members who are listening, Rob, what would you say the sharing of our local church's story with these leaders across the country this past spring, as they're trying to come out of COVID and ask all kinds of, you know, kind of, fresh start questions. What, what, what has the story of Southridge been able to contribute to the broader church in Canada in this season? Yeah, I think there's a few things that we can, we can probably touch on. First of all, um, Southridge has taken a, uh, a different uh, tack over the last number of years as it's tried to figure out and follow the calling that you have leadership have had within your within your church context and it's been a different um, track than a lot of churches have been on you've been very intentional about your connection with your community um, at large you've been very intentional about what it means to understand um what disciple making feels like and looks like in the context of how you serve. Um, you guys have been very intentional at um, taking the uh, priority of Sunday morning and right-sizing it with the rest of your ministry activity. And as you share those stories about how you transitioned from where you were to where you are today, um, you were able to share a journey of Southridge's um, step-by-step process in how it thought about the next step. And for many churches, they haven't ever gone down this path before. They just look at, they look at the future and they say, oh, I don't know what my next step would be. And I thought what was beautiful in this room is we started to, to kind of cast a little bit of that vision, Jeff. You were able to say like, Think about this was our next step. What is your next step? What what could you actually be doing? And, you know, I'd sit around a table and I'd listen to somebody saying, you know what? We have people in our community that are, are running these types of organizations. Why don't we just link in with them like Southridge linked in with their organizations initially? And then they eventually started to find their DNA as a church as it related to how they serve their community. So I, I think as you shared the step-by-step process of Southridge, it was really helpful to um, take down some of the fear and the trepidation of what 
a church leader's next step could be in their new future. And so really helpful. And, and I think we, you know, we joked about the fact that as a church, uh, when you're ahead of, when you're ahead of the pack, you've actually already worked through the things that work and don't work. Right. And you could share some of those experiences um, with these people. And it was, it was great to hear those pastors just really listen to the Southridge journey and be able to um, extract some real key learning out of that. Sharing the Southridge stupid tax. That's what we called it. And, uh, you know, for all of those from Southridge who were part of paying that stupid tax or been part of paying that, uh, know that at least there was some value in that uh, across the country. So, no, uh, yeah, we had a good time. It'll be interesting to see what happens if we, we do a few more of these in the fall. Um, let's get down to business and, and get into the heart of this conversation, which is the GLS. It's in less than two weeks, Thursday and Friday, uh, next week, August 4th and 5th. Uh, which is the cornerstone, really, of uh, the, the Global Leadership Network here in Canada. I guess first things first, Rob, remind us from your perspective, why are you so passionate about this event? Obviously, following Jesus and leading and difference-making is about more than an event, but this event can make a huge difference. Why is that? Well, it comes back to where my journey started with the GLS and when I was in the marketplace I had a team of people that I led every single year through content that helped them grow in their leadership. And I very quickly found when I got to, when I, when I went to my first GLS, I was like, wow, this was really important for me, but it's going to be even more important for my team. So we made this about an annual um, leadership injection into our organizational team. And I saw from firsthand showing up at this event every year with a bunch of people that were far from the church that it did two things. First of all, it connected them to a church and the church had something meaningful to say for them. The church was giving them some some very practical ways of thinking about their day-to-day lives as it related to leadership. And that was extremely helpful. Like it helped them, it helped bridge the church and the the worlds that I lived in. I lived in the church, but I lived in the marketplace. And this created that really beautiful third space. So that that was important to me as a leader in those days. The second part of it, and I alluded to it before, is it grew me as an individual. Every single year. As I was sitting through the GLS, I would have these moments where I would say, this is an important next step that I need to take for this for this next year that I'm going to be working on. And so every year I would grow as an individual. And so the combination of those two pieces helped me personally, helped us organizationally build common language around where we were going to go as an organization and, and where I was going to go as an individual. And it created in me a repertoire of leadership insight that I would never have gotten on my own. I couldn't have gotten it by going and reading like six great books in a year because I was fire hosed with all of this great content. And honestly, the Holy Spirit would just kind of speak into my life and say, Rob, these are the places where you need to be for this next year. So I'm passionate about it because of what it has done in my own life transformationally, but also how I've seen how it impacted those that were around me in their leadership and in their ability to grow as, as leaders, even as people that weren't following Jesus at the time. 
And uh, yeah, I love the way the language you use of the, the fire hose because I, I've heard people before say, hey, you know, two days is a huge commitment. But if you were going to expose yourself to the immensity of content that's provided in those two days by reading the books, going on the blogs and the podcasts and hearing the TED Talks and the whatever, it, it would take you months of time to invest yourself in exposing yourself to that almost boot camp, you know, that annual boot camp on leadership. Instead, you can kind of convene for two days with friends and family in your local community and just be fire hosed. And I've, I've seen again and again, and this is your story as well, uh, certainly wasn't mine, like when people make this kind of undivided space available for God, God shows up in really significant ways every time. When people make that kind of undivided space available for God. He shows up in, in really significant ways. And so uh, like you, I'm excited about it, but even more, I would say I'm excited about it this year because we get to reconvene again live. And you were talking about this when it came to your daughter's weddings. Um, I, I wonder if you could speak to this because this is a huge value and actually a huge purpose of the GLS is, is just the, the reconvening of people on an annual basis. And so to talk about why it's so critical to convene people together live in order to experience this in an up close in-person kind of way. Mm. Well, I, I will go back to the kind of the wedding analogy that we talked about before. Like some of these people that showed up at the wedding, uh, we had seen them. We had seen them on FaceTime calls. We had seen them like, we had had phone conversations with them, but it wasn't until we were in the room together sharing the experience of the wedding that we actually felt present with each other and we felt uniquely connected. And I think that that's one of the values, like we talked about the value of the GLS being um, the convening power of the GLS. It's not convening for the sake of convening. It's a shared story that we're developing together. When we show up in the room together and we hear the same talks together and we go around a, uh, you know, a refreshment table afterwards and we start to process what we're learning together, there are shared moments there that cannot be captured by sitting on it and watching at a computer screen. There are shared moments of that moment where they heard a, a, an incredibly powerful testimony and how that that moment actually just reshaped somebody's life for the future. They like I see the world differently today. They're beside somebody who can pray for them. They're beside somebody who can share in that moment and reinforce that moment in their lives. So the convening power of the GLS is not just about hey let's all get together in a space. It's about shared experiences, and it's about the when the Holy Spirit shows up in those places. Jeff, we know that. It speaks to us all differently, and as a community, we all start to take on our own unique role in serving our communities well through the GLS, uh, from the GLS into our communities, into our workplaces. Um, and so there's something that's really special about being shoulder to shoulder, you know, being able to give a hug, being able to say hi to those people that we only get to see once or twice a year. Yeah, and the beauty of the shared story, once you're convening together, isn't just how you and me and the person next to me are knowing Jesus more, growing in our faith and followership more, or even developing as leaders more. It's actually the shared story of how God's kingdom can come 
and his will can be done in our part of the earth, in our region, as it is in heaven, through our collective efforts to a greater degree. It's the shared story of our world. And it, it takes on this, this kind of life of its own where it's way bigger than any one of us. And that's what I really love is the way that it takes, you know, church people and marketplace people and educators and artists and people from you know, sports and culture and, you know, business and all, all these different faculties together and says, how can we make our part of the world better for Jesus' sake? And it's, it's just a really inspiring story to be a part of that the GLS actually convenes when we're a part of it together. In addition, Rob, I'm excited this year because beyond just the live simulcast, uh, there's a live component to each of the Canadian GLS sites this year. Can you talk about that and just share a little bit of the vision for that? Mm -hmm. This year, there's going to be a, a session on Friday, which will be called GLS Local, where a number of Canadian sites, not all of them, but a number of them have decided to um, use this as an opportunity to highlight leadership locally and to maybe talk about some of the ways that leaders in their community can be more um, active together. And I love this because every single community has its own unique context, and we also have our own unique set of uh, relationships within that context. And to bring all those people together in the context of a leadership development event to talk about the uniqueness of our community and how we can serve our community better and hear from leaders in our community and how we can serve each other better, I think is a beautiful um, a beautiful reflection of where the, the GLS actually, where the rubber hits the road of the GLS. It's not just about thought leadership, it's but it's thought then moved into action. And when we apply this local level in, we're actually taking it and applying it in a very tangible way, in a very tangible way in our communities. And um, I'm really excited to see how that's going to play out this year. Yeah, each local site uh, is being given the freedom to kind of use that half hour as they see fit for those listening from Southridge, our half hour uh, is going to be profiling the one and only Ellen Duffield, who's coming into Niagara that week uh, and is going to be experiencing the GLS live with us and is going to help us share some insights uh, on how men and women can lead better together. I know it's a huge value of our local church, but uh, it's also going to be something that Ellen will be able to share with the broader community of Niagara Summit participants. And so I'm really excited to, to be part of that and share that uniqueness uh, in a live and incarnational kind of a way in our, in our site. So um, getting sort of to the point, Rob, um, for people who are listening who maybe haven't registered quite yet, uh, where can they go to make sure that they don't miss this next Thursday and Friday, August 4th and 5th? Yeah, gls2022.ca, gls2022.ca. You can register there and then make sure you go down and, and select the Southridge site. If you're listening from St. Catharines area um, or Niagara area, there's other locations all across the country. So if you're not from this area, you know, try to find a site local to you. Um, again, we'd love to see you in person and be in the room, convene together, dreaming together, building that shared language. Yeah, for Southridge members, uh, we register as a host site. So you can go to southridgechurch.ca slash summit and register there. I know that our kind of special host site rate uh, expired. Uh, but before it expired, we did purchase a 
few extra tickets internally for some last minute stragglers. And so if you're listening and that's you and you think, oh man, I want to get in on that, on that rate, you can email our uh, administrative office and uh, we'll hook you up with one of those uh, last minute spots, presuming that they haven't uh, all fully sold. So uh, make sure that you can be part of that. Uh, Rob, with a couple minutes remaining, uh, I, I just want to tap into a bit of your perspective, knowing that working with the GLN Canada has given you a, a really kind of expansive vantage point on the church across Canada these days. And I, I guess just maybe even with our, our tour that we did in the spring, like, what are you seeing God doing in the church in Canada these days? And, you know, what are what are some of the unique kind of challenges or opportunities that are relevant to the church in Canada right now that we can be paying attention to? Yeah, there's there's a number of ways. As, as I look at the church across the country, Jeff, there are a key there are a couple of key things that I would say about how the church has has really risen above um kind of above the fold and is, is really making a big difference. The first I would say is that, that most churches, and I'll say most churches, have really done their best to lean into serving their communities during this time. And it has been a, whether it's their local church community or whether it's their, their the community at large, they've recognized that things have changed and they've just leaned into being the church a lot of the programs fell away, but they just said, we're going to be the church and whatever's required to do that, we're going to do that. And so they dropped a lot of the, um, the pretenses that they had before and they leaned into that. I also think that it's been beautiful to see churches stand beside churches, churches that were having, that were struggling. There would be another church that would step in beside it and just say, I can see you're struggling. And we just, we had an offering in our church this week. I heard this story not long ago. We had an offering in our church this week and we want to support three churches in our region that are struggling. And they just stepped in and supported them financially. And I talked to one of those pastors who was a recipient of that. And he said, I, I received this and I wept. Because I never would have imagined this happening before. And so I think that those are places where the, the church has looked back to its servant heart and it has leaned into that really well. I think, though, the as we look at to the future, it's complicated, Jeff, right? Like the, the church of the future is not the church of the past. And it's, it's not even a hybrid version of what we're experiencing right now. It will be a new church of the future. And there's a lot of disassembling that's taking place within the church. There's a lot of things that have kind of fallen away. And we have to decide what pieces and what pieces God is showing us that need to be put back into place and what pieces are supposed to stay off the agenda for the future. And I think that this is going to be a, it's going to be a really interesting season as churches lean into this time and try to try to make those assessments about like where is God leading us to be a part of? What is He leading us to be a part of in the future, irregardless of where we've been in the past? And it's I I know it's going to be there's going to be some disequal dis, disequilibrium out there. I would say for a period of time, but I do believe that God is doing a refining work in us where we're just we're not going to rest on the things that we've been resting on in the past, and we're going to be willing to try some things and fail at some things but also be authentic to 
this new heart of service that God is placing in us. And um, so it'll be really interesting to see where it's going to go. But I know that the church, there is something that's beautiful that's happening in the church in the midst of the hard stuff. Yeah, I really appreciate that vision, Rob, knowing that so many of us are experiencing uncertainty and disequilibrium, if not outright upheaval, even or especially when it comes to to local church work. But to hear how so commonly churches are becoming more active in their community, so commonly churches are becoming more alert and attuned and sensitive to the needs of the, 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 the people around them that they can serve. The, the degree that you know so many churches are are trying to foster a greater degree of unity you know even unity and diversity across you know lines of division and polarization there, there's not just all bad news I guess that's what I was 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 hoping that you would share because we've had the, the perspective even recently to see churches across the country who in this season of kind of fresh starts and uncertainty, um, are optimistic, and there's there's not all bad news out there, uh, but some common themes of the way Jesus is manifesting himself to a greater degree across our country. So I'm thrilled to be part of that. I'm grateful that you're a part of that, and uh, just so appreciate you envisioning us to the way that the GLN, and especially the GLS here in Canada, uh, can serve the church and, and, uh, and outgrow us for this year, for the future. So thanks for being here today, Rob. We wish you and Lois all the best in the coming weeks. And are really grateful for you taking this time. Uh, great, great to be here with you, Jeff. And thanks, everybody. And to all of you who are tracking with us, aside from making sure that you've registered for the summit, uh, we'll see you in seven days' time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.